Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. We're back. How you doing, bud? Good, man. Just went to Chick-fil-A, so that's always motivating and delicious. Yeah, I can still see the Chick-fil-A sauce on the corner of your mouth. Maybe uh, yeah. no, I I <laughs> use a napkin next time. Actually, I use the avocado lime ranch dressing. Um, if, if you haven't had that, it's phenomenal. It's okay. not healthy at all as well. I use ketchup. That's about it. I don't, I don't get fancy with anything. I like original everything. Like original Pringles, original pretty much everything. Add, all, add something different to it, and it's like, I don't know, it's too much like for my taste buds. Like cherry Coke? Uh, cherry Coke's legit. I used to live on that when I was a kid. But you just said you like the original. Almost, on almost everything. I don't, I don't drink much Coke anymore these days. Uh, Woca-Cola. But well, good, man. I'm enjoying a beautiful day. I worked out by, down by the lake today because it's you know, mid-70s and sunny, and it's just nice to be outside. So, uh, But here we are. So uh, I think today we are going to talk about term life insurance. So everybody thinks, hey, we're whole life guys. Right, we're infinite banking concept guys. We deal with whole life, which is predominantly what we write, but we write just as much term insurance as we do whole life insurance, because term insurance is typically a part of these contracts that we put together. So, just to get this clear and out there right off the bat, we are not against term life insurance, but we will we will talk about why we are not against it and how it can be properly used because there's a difference um, in, in how we use it versus how other people, financial entertainers, promote it, right? First of all, why don't you just start off by kind of explaining to everybody just the quick differences between, there's two types of insurance out there. So why don't you explain that to everybody? Yeah, basically there's there's permanent insurance, right? Which is under the, the technical categories or whole life insurance. It doesn't matter what type of whole life, it could be dividend paying or just regular vanilla whole life, or it could be uh, universal life, which has a few different flavors as well. Well, I won't get into that, but you have variable, you have index universal life, and just regular old vanilla universal life. The, the original product, but still no better in any form. But anyway, and then there's term insurance, which is, um, you know, if I could explain this in layman's terms, right? It's like, it's kind of like the difference between owning a home and renting a home, right? So whole life insurance or uh, any permanent type of life insurance would be like owning a home because you build equity in it. Right, you build equity in the policy, just like you build equity in a home, and then term insurance is like renting a place where there's no equity. You know, the landlord has all the equity, right? Um, the guy who owns the place. So, um, term insurance is temporary insurance um, that is just that just covers you for a period of time, whatever that term is—10, 20, 30 years, or or longer in some cases. Right, and that's. That's the, the easy way to remember. It's called term insurance because it covers you for a term. It's called whole life insurance because it covers you for your whole life. So no matter how old you live to be. Um, so, but we are, you know, we believe in the power of whole life insurance and we promote it. We both have multiple policies of our own. Um, so we're big believers of it, but we're, guess what? We also believe in term life insurance. There's no one size fits all plan for everybody. 
Um, but there is a good argument for probably most people to have term life insurance. Um, so let's talk about um, why you would want, well, let's talk about the different types of term insurance. There's term that just covers you for, usually it's like 10, 20, or 30 years, right? And then at the end of that term, what happens? Like It's gone. Yep. It expires. Do you get anything back from, from the, the thousand, tens of thousands of dollars you paid into it? Nothing. No. What is all of that? What is that tens of thousands of dollars? What, what does that become? Well, it becomes lost opportunity. Yeah. Lost opportunity for you and profit for the insurance company. So well, yeah, they love it. Yeah, they love it. And it's because term policies almost never pay out. Like almost yeah. never. Almost never. I think uh, depending on who you talk to, it's less than 2% of the time. I've heard 1% of the time, but it's somewhere in there, folks. It's um, you have to die during that term, and odds are you're not, right? Because you right. buy this policy when you're young or whatever, and it's, uh, it's, it's likely never going to pay out. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have value during the term, right? Correct. Right. So it, just like you have insurance on your house and your automobiles, and hopefully your house never burns down or a tree never falls on it, and, uh, or you never get hail damage or, or tornado damage. Um, but... You know, if, if it does, great, you got insurance in place to cover that. If it doesn't, are you ever, is anybody ever really upset that they had that insurance in place, even though a tree never, they're like, doggone it, a tree never fell on my house the whole time I had insurance on it. Uh, of course, if you're living in a house, you still have insurance on it, I'm sure. Um, so no, because it serves a purpose. Even though you hope, the, the goal is to never need it, which is what insurance is. You hope to never need that insurance. Right. It's just, it's something that you're, you're transferring risk away from yourself, whether it's your human life value, whether it's your home, whether it's your automobile, right? You're transferring risk to the insurance company from yourself. Um, and you're, and you're kind of partnering with millions of other people who are doing the same thing. Cause not everyone is going to die at once, right? Not everyone is going to lose their, you know, a tree's not going to fall on everyone's house at once. Um, so that's what makes insurance. That's how it works, right? That's that what makes it a, a great business. Um, for both ends, right? Yeah. For the consumer and the, and the company who is providing the insurance. Right. And you mentioned a word in there that I think we need to explain. You mentioned human life value. So this is probably something we've discussed on previous episodes, but it's important for to sure. cover here is you and I both believe that you should maximize your insurance coverage for your human life value. So what is human life value? Simply put, it's how much your life is worth in an economic sense. Now that sounds crass because of course every life is priceless, but according to actuarial science, and it is a science, every life has an economic value assigned to it based on your production abilities. So if you're a 30 year old and you're making $100,000 a year right now, the life insurance company will say, well, you have you know, 25, 30 years left um, that we could insure you you know, during your working career, and we'll assume you're going to make $100,000 every single year from now till then. So therefore, you got 30 years left, $100,000 a year, that's $3 million you can be insured for. Right? Am I doing the math right. right? So I think so. Yeah, it's pretty basic. Um, yep. So that, that surprises is, a lot of people, though. Right? right. They they have no idea that... Um, you know, like, yeah, I have a $200,000 policy or a $100,000 policy through work or something. 
which is group, you know, group term generally. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no idea that, wow, you know, come to think of it, that's not going to last very long. I, I do need, you know, you're replacing your income, folks, right? Just like, um, uh, just like you really need to. You've yeah. got a family, you've got, you've got expenses, and your income, the loss of your income is going to be significant for somebody who relies on it. Exactly. And that's one thing that I think most people who are in the insurance business, most agents, they do what's called a needs-based analysis. They say, right. okay, how much insurance do you need? Well, if you talk to me and Paul, it's going to be, let's not do a needs-based analysis. Let's do a human life value analysis and see how much can you get because that's really what you want to max out. Um, that's right. Right. And generally, <clears throat> I, you know, I think I find this to be absolutely true is if I am maxing out my human life value between a combination of, you know, convertible term and, and permanent insurance or all permanent insurance, preferably, um, that I'm, I'm covering that needs analysis that that other agent would have done and then some many times over. Yeah. Yeah, but most agents aren't going to do that because it's probably going to sound like you're just trying to sell me insurance I don't need. Um, but that's why we're different because we, we focus on the infinite banking concept itself instead of just the, the life insurance component. Uh, but now let's talk about convertible term insurance. So I think most people listening are probably very aware of term life insurance. And hopefully if they don't have whole life or a properly designed infinite banking concept style policy, they at least have term insurance to cover their family's needs uh, at the bare, at the bare minimum. But convertible term insurance is probably something that very few, in my experience, talking to, to prospects and clients, very few people have ever heard of convertible term life insurance. So, Paul, what is what does that mean? What is convertible term? Yeah. So convertible term insurance is a type of term insurance let's say 10, 20, 30 year terms that you can, that you can purchase from a life insurance company. What you're doing, you buy this product is you are essentially, not only you're going to cover your death benefit needs. So we're going to, you're going to decide, Hey, I need this much term to cover my human life value. So let's say that number is a million bucks in death benefit. Fine. But what you're also doing by buying convertible term is you are locking in your ability to to convert that term insurance into a permanent policy or policies over the period of that term. So let's say you have a 30 year term uh, convertible term policy for a million dollars. That means you have 30 years to convert that term policy into a permanent life insurance policy. And the kicker is that you, once you go through underwriting and get that policy approved, you no longer have to go through medical underwriting to convert that term policy, that temporary policy, into a permanent policy. And that's very powerful because the future's unknown, right, Dave? Like, I don't know if I'm going to get cancer tomorrow. No idea. Right. I don't know if somebody's going to sideswipe me and, and, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm disabled. And I you become, can't work. And I can't work. I become uninsurable. That's so right. So that's really what you're protecting yourself against is you're like locking in your health status today for the next 30 years if you get a 30-year term poli- convertible term policy. So you can lock in your health status today. It, it's really sad, man. I, I don't know. I'm sure you've talked to, I mean, at our age, you start having friends who who them or their, their spouse has, uh, you know, <clears throat> cancer, breast cancer or several. some other. Yeah, several, right? And they're several. like, oh. I, you know, we had been talking about getting life insurance for the last couple of years and we just didn't get around to it. Now I have cancer. And the good news is you can still be insured, 
but it's going to take about five years of being cancer free of being sure. a survivor to be insurable again. And even then you're probably not, you're certainly not going to get the best ratings, right? Correct. Cause you're, it's just, that's just the numbers. It's, it's the facts that you're, you're more high risk. So, um, but what if you had that convertible term policy, maybe it was a 30 year policy and you're 64, it was going to expire when you're 65 and Hey, by 65, you're supposed to have zero debt. Your, your mortgage pay is paid off. Kids college what? is paid. You've, you've created, you've turned a hundred dollars a month into $3 million in your 401k <laughs> and, and you have the ability to self-insure, right? Like you're not, nobody needs, you don't need to leave anybody a dime because you've got enough in your mutual fund, your 401k and, and the, the equity in your home to provide for your, your spouse who's going to be alive for another 30 or 40 years. Um, and then at 64, it turns out, man, I didn't actually get to where I thought I was going to be. Or at 64, you got lung cancer. I'm sorry. You didn't smoke a cigarette in a day in your life, but you have lung cancer, like just a bad roll of the dice. Do you really want that term insurance? What would you pay to have the option to extend, um, to turn that term insurance into a permanent policy that's going to be there no matter how long you live. So you can leave something for your family. Like I bet people would be willing to pay a lot of money, but at that point they're uninsurable yep. and they ne they'll never be able to, to get another term policy even. Right. Yeah. That really gets lost, Dave, in the whole, you know, buy term and invest the difference conversation. Um, you know, everything's always, you know, hunky dory and yeah we're gonna earn 12 percent compounding year after year in the uh, s p 500 through our mutual funds or through an index fund or something else some managed portfolio right it's just going to happen wow yeah. amazing right. and a hundred dollars a month turned into three million it's it's just so amazing how that wait a minute that's not so that that's not going to happen so i mean if the person preaching that was a professional a licensed professional in anything that would be pure and simple negligence and i think they'd nope. be liable to be sued by Plenty of people who listen to that advice and ended up, you know, with a bad deck of cards. Yeah, bad the whole hand. industry at large can just do better, I think. Yeah. Um, like, it, it's just, they're over-promising, over-promising, right, and under-delivering in, in many cases, in a lot of cases, I would say. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Well, so t convertible term insurance, is it going to be more expensive than, than regular, than non-convertible? Of course, a little bit. It's, it's not. Yeah, it is obviously because you're paying for that that option to convert at any time during that term. But um, you know, I had a guy the other day say, yeah, we, you know, we ran I ran a couple of illustrations for him, and he's like, you know, it's not that much. It's not that bad. And I was like, great. Yeah. Nothing to compare it to, but you know, this is what it costs, and it's based on actuarial science, and this is the price of it. Yeah. Because um, as, as I think Todd likes to say, there's, there's no deals in insurance. <laughs> there's no deals in insurance. Right. Um, insurance is a science. Every type yep. of insurance. Yep. Uh, backed by numbers and, and hard data and facts and history. Um, but yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more for that option to convert that, which you would expect to pay more because the insurance company is taking a much greater risk on you than a, they are. Because the, they're basically saying, okay, we're going to allow you to keep this policy until the end of your life, however old you live to. Where if it's non-convertible term, they're just saying, hey, well, you only have to make it to 53 years old and then we're off the hook. That's right. You know, and chances of you dying are very, 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 very low. Right. And that's why it's priced, it's priced appropriately, right? The 
the net amount at risk for the insurance company, the odds of them paying the death benefit on a term policy is statistically extremely small. And I always, you know, we're around military people all the time, right? So I talked about SGLI and how much the company that administers SGLI for the military, how much premium that company is collecting oh on a monthly basis. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just, right? It's yeah. a lot. $26 a month times, you know, a million and a half people or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, or two million, whatever whatever it is. But it, ver, vice the payout every year, right, on those policies, you know, very few, thankfully, very few military service members, are, you know, are, are dying every year. Um, but, but it does happen from time to time. Yeah. But you can tell. It's a great... That's a great business for that company, whoever it is. Absolutely. The insurance business is a great business. That's why Warren Buffett you know, bought Geico decades right. ago. I mean, yeah, he, he loves the insurance business because it involves guarantees, really on both That's sides right. of the ledger. Um, so what are some other reasons you might want convertible terms? So let's say you're, you know, you're bulletproof. You're not going to get sick. Um, what could another reason be that you want the option to convert that term. You know, well, one of the things, you know, a lot of people want to get started with the infinite banking concept and especially young people, their biggest hang up, the biggest hang up for older people is that I'm, I think I'm too old for this. The biggest hang up for younger people is I don't have enough money to, to do this, right? Which is, could be a fallacy to begin with uh, because as we stated before, you just start where you're at and then you can build policies from there. But what this does one of the great advantages of this is, again, allows you to lock in your current health at whatever age you're at, and you're not getting any healthier as you get older unless you make a concerted effort to do so. Um, but in general, we're all getting less healthy as less healthy as we age, right? So lock in your insurability with the plans to convert some or all. You don't have to convert all of it. You could have a million dollar term convertible term policy and decide three years later. I want to convert 300,000 of it to a whole life policy, a properly designed, specially designed dividend paying whole life policy. And you just take 300 from that term, move it over here to whole life, and you still got 700 term remaining. And you got a guaranteed whole life policy right here that you can start doing um, IBC with. And then you yep. can do it every couple of years as your, your income increases, your means increase. Maybe you sell a house or you sell a business, you start a business, whatever. Right. Yep. And what happens, folks, when every, what Dave just explained is is 100 percent correct. What happens, right, is that term policy shrinks. I think you said it was a million. Now it's seven hundred thousand, let's say. So now you're paying premium on a lower amount of of death benefit. Right. So the, your premium on that term policy will shrink accordingly right. based on your attained age. And but it, it generally generally, depending on when you convert, like I opened up one and converted it, you know, within a year so the premium shrunk a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then you'll have a separate policy, new whole life policy. This is just the mechanics of this, right? You'll have a separate whole life policy, a brand new policy separate from that term uh, that you can practice IBC with. Yeah. Uh, you know, case in point, I was working with a guy last year at some point and he had just started like a couple new businesses and they were doing really well, but he was still like, you know, I don't feel confident enough to, to say it's going to continue like this for the next couple of years. So, Let's get, you know, I'm healthy right now. Let's get the like $2 million of convertible term in place. And then once I'm confident in, in how these businesses are going, I'm going to go big on a properly designed whole life policy uh, at that point, as opposed to just starting with a tiny little one right now. 
something that he was sure he could do. Um, so that, that was a great plan. And now not only does he have that, um, that in place, but now he's got, he's got it in mind. He's got that there for a specific reason. Uh, in addition to just the death benefit in case he meets his early demise, right? He's got that for a strategic reason to convert that throughout the rest, you know, the next 10 or 15 years, right? Which is my plan too. I've got, so Paul, do you have term life insurance? Do you have convertible term? We do. We have one on, uh, we have one on Tammy actually. Yeah. Yep. And I've got a a large convertible term policy. I, I maxed out my human life value about two years ago. Um, and because I've got several whole life policies that I'm paying big premiums on, but I wasn't in a position to be able to pay, you know, to double that premium to max right. out my whole life, right? Um, to max out my human life value. So instead, I locked in my insurability through a term policy. I think I got maybe just a 10-year term. So I kind of put a clock on it to force myself to convert that over the next 10 years to max out my human life value. Um, and if I need yeah. more, I'll get more. It's a great strategy. I mean, I think you're spot on. And it's and of course, putting that 10-year clock is beneficial because you'll be younger when you convert that whole life Good or point. that term into whole life, right? Because the older you get, the more premium it's going, which is fine if you're an IBC guy. Like, I want to pay high premium, right? So, but it does take, you know, more premium dollars to, to max out that death benefit as as the years tick by and you 45 turns into 50, and yeah. 55, 60, it, it takes a lot. Right. Yeah. So, so you make a good point. We'll just make that very clear that when you do convert that, you've locked in your health rating at today. But if you convert it ten years from now, you'll be converting it at that age. So you'll be, let's say, you got a preferred health rating today. You'll keep the preferred health rating, but you'll just be ten years older when you convert it. So instead of forty-two, I'd be fifty-two with a preferred health rating. So. They got to take that into account. Of course, that only makes sense that, you know, you're you're 52. We got to take your age into yep. account. I locked my buddy in at age 43 for 20 years. Super preferred. Nice. Yeah. yeah so he's very happy. Yeah. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah. That's really good. I just had a, a buddy of mine just got preferred today. Um, same age as me. So, I mean, it's possible if you're in, in relatively good health. Um, so... One of the other things, let's talk about death benefit, because with a the way we design policies, so let's we we flip it we flip insurance on its head, right? Uh, yep. Just like a other like a lot of other financial concepts and, and conventional wisdom out there, but what we think of when we think of life insurance, the typical the average consumer thinks, I want to get as much death benefit for as little premium as possible, and that's what term life insurance does for you, and that's what convertible term life insurance does for you. But one, what we do with the prop, with you know specially designed dividend paying whole life insurance, we do the opposite. We try to get as much premium for as little death benefit as possible. So you may get to the point where, hey, I've, I've got all this premium going into this, but it's only given me half a million dollars of death benefit or a million dollars of death benefit, and I need three million. Well, that's when you just throw another uh, convertible term policy into the mix if they don't have the funds to max that out, right? And then and then they've got their death benefit covered, right? They met their death benefit needs, which is very important. We don't ever want to overlook that because we are insurance guys. That's our primary concern is making sure your family's taken care of, 
um, something happens no question. to you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and why not lock in, you know, again, I'm going to say this a lot. And I saw this from James. I like the way he says this. The future is unknown, right? Like you have no idea brilliant. what's going to happen. Right. It's brilliant. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a fact and it's brilliant, right? Yep. The future is unknown. Why? You know, we're guarding against the unknown here, right? And bad things, unfortunately, do happen occasionally. Um, and again, you go through your little, go through your Rolodex of people that you know. And, you know, there's several by the time you reach age 42 that you know that are, have not been well. Yeah. Right. And I've had several friends that have had leukemia. Uh, or other cancers, or you know, it, you know, it's it sucks, but it does it does happen, and every time it happens, I'm like, man, I hope they have proper insurance. I know, man. That's the second thing I always think when I hear of that happening to a family, that or somebody you know dying too early. That's the second thing on my mind is, oh God, I hope they I, I hope they had enough coverage to yeah. to take care of their family. Yeah, because it's it's sad when when it's a GoFundMe page that you end up seeing. Um, yeah, I mean, but you, you end know, up contributing to. Yeah, yeah, you end up contributing because, you know, the fact is, if if they had not put that on the back burner and made that a priority, which it doesn't take any time at all. Nope, not to at get all. Get that done, right? You know, this brings me to one other point when we talk about insurability. Is you know the best time to get it is when you're young and healthy, and when I say young, like my children, and I think your children have too, Dave. My children have had whole life insurance since they were babies. Yeah. Um, I forget whatever the youngest age to put a policy in force. It might have been 30 days or I think six it's months or six days. Six days. Yeah. Right. So it was it was fairly quick. And I had a great agent back back then uh, who we're still friends with today. But we you know the kids had whole life right away. So regardless of whatever happened to their health, um, you know they have the ability to pay premium for the rest of their lives because it's whole life insurance. Yeah. And that's extremely powerful. So, and I'm not trying to sell insurance to your kids, folks, but once you, if you want IBC, the, you know, the best, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago, right? The next best time is now get started while they're young and get started now. Yeah. You make a good point. The best time to get life insurance is when you don't need it, right? Just the best time to get any insurance. You can't get, you can't uh, get home insurance when your house is on fire and the fire trucks are rolling up. Crazy. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, you can't have a pre-existing condition with your home and get home insurance, right? Oh, it's, it's on fire, but, uh, you know, it's a pre-existing condition. Um, so yeah, there you go. So do we believe what's better whole life or term life? It's kind of like that Miller light debate, great tasting, less filling, great taste, less filling. Um, both. That's what we, that's what we believe. Both. There is a place for both in, in most people's um, financial portfolio, if you will, and, and financial strategy throughout their life. So, um, like we said, there's no one size fits all. Um, some people may have a different mix of whole life and term. Some people may not need term whatsoever. Um, but realize we do believe in that we sell, um, we write a lot of term life insurance contracts because it's part of most of the whole life policies we write. Um, and that's a, a whole nother discussion about the the design of policies and maybe we'll get into that at another point, but yeah. So got any parting shots? No, I think this is an, you know, the guys that work today, I told them that we were recording, um, an episode on convertible term. So, and I know, you know, they're listeners. Um, so shout out to them, but this, this will be a good episode for them to listen to because it's something that I've often talked about. And again, it's, you know, it's enlightening for, 
to, um, to, you know, people don't know a lot about insurance. And I like, you know, I like being able to at least provide that gap that uh, the financial world has not provided them um, because they're being told to buy term and invest the difference or whatever. Um, but there's just a slightly better, better product out there for most people. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to get term, please, 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 please make sure it's convertible term. So there's plenty of companies that sell it. A lot of mutual life insurance companies sell convertible term. Yep. Um, and it's worth the slightly higher premium to lock that in and, and have options. You're creating options and guarantees for yourself in the future. Yeah. You know, peace of mind goes a long way, I think. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, good episode. And, um, well, I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon, Paul, for another one of these. All right, brother. See you. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify. And please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.